Welcome to this new episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. It's episode number 26. And in order for you to continue listening to this, you're going to have to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign where we're going to have a stretch goal to make this podcast even longer. Mm-hmm. So if we reach $5,000, we'll make it an hour, 10000 two hours, 20000 will be three hours, and then so on and so forth. It's the, the correct way to crowdfund things. <sighs> hi hello welcome to the podcast hi hello i'm jared joined as always by less sleepy than last week but still very very but sleepy. still very very sleepy co-host miss anladium hello i survived a week yay i did it i did it congratulations thank you i haven't like destroyed all of air and space secrets yet which i'm not going to don't don't listen to me and think that i'm going to do that air and space because i'm not <laughs> just just show it off like weird space suits yeah but those are like in public published books i did get a library card today <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah i got the smithsonian library card yeah gonna find all the deep dark spacesuit secrets uh all I want is to see the actual clamp spacesuit, really. That's oh my God. all I want out of life. I just want to see I it. I hope that's there. Um, it, it would probably be in storage, so I probably will never see it. But, <sighs> man, I want to see it. It'd be so good. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess, you know, uh, interestingly enough, one of the projects that I'm working on right now is uh, looking at a successful Kickstarter with Smithsonian. So, What a uh, way to tie that into today's episode. Right, right. Um, crowdfunding. It's a thing. <laughs> you, had to, you had to think for a second, didn't you? <laughs> I did, because, again, I was going to talk about Kickstarter, <laughs> because that's what the Smithsonian uses as Kickstarter. So, like, for the past week, all I've had drilled into my brain is, like, we use Kickstarter. We did reboot the suit. Da, 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 da. And, like, to me, whenever somebody says, like, crowdfunding, like, the first thing that comes to mind is Kickstarter, yeah. which is yeah. not necessarily true. Um, because we've talked about before we even came on here, like I didn't even use just Kickstarter, but to me, it's like the same thing. It's like when you're using a search engine, it, you just Google something, right? even if you're using Bing, because why the f- would you use Bing? <laughs> Got to get those Bing reward points or something. I don't know. <sighs> or you're just terrible at life. That too. Or you're using like the Microsoft browser thing. And it probably Ugh. just defaults to Bing, more than likely. Can I ask Jeeves? Is he even still around? I don't know. <laughs> ask Jeeves. Jeeves, are age, you still which there? Is, which is apparently not a middle school student, despite what the custodian thinks. Um, but yes, my age is showing because I, I, I'm talking to Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Good old Jeeves. Good old Jeeves. <laughs> Oh, jeez. What a good pal he was. <laughs> uh, anyways, this is the Seasonal Anime Check OVA. It's a place where we have conversations about anime, manga, and video games. And today, we're going to branch out into a broad topic of video games. <laughs> and talk. I'm sorry, that was weird. Worded weird. Broad topic about video games. Okay, we're going to talk about crowdfunding <laughs> which involves things like kickstarter indiegogo fig 
other various crowdfunding platforms that I'm sure like might pop up. Who knows? I've only used Fig and Kickstarter, to my knowledge. I can't. I might have had an Indiegogo account at some point, but I can't find the login, so it's lost to the universe at this point. Shrug shoulders on that. Yeah, I have no idea. What are the, I think there are two main reasons why we kind of want to do this episode. One was ukulele recently coming out and yep. the fervor around that. And then the other one for me specifically was that uh, the recent announcement of Project Rap Rabbit, which was a combination of developers from um, Parappa the Rappa and Guitaro Man, came out. And like the stretch goals on it were insane. Like their original pitch was like, uh, we need one point five million dollars to make the game for PS4 and PC. You wanted you want a Switch version? That's gonna be uh for we're gonna have to get that campaign up to four point nine five million dollars, which is kind of nuts. And then like there was a backlash against that, obviously. So they came back and were like, yeah, I think here on the on the actual Kickstarter page. Let me scroll down because it's very far down the page. It is now 1.5 million for a Switch version, and they basically got rid of every other stretch goal they had. Like there was an Xbox One version they were gonna do, and I think some other stuff, but all that stuff is just gone now. It's just, hey, 1.1 million to get the game funded, one and a half for a Switch version. And I guess we should we should mention that you know if we do talk about Kickstarters or anything that is in development, where this is not a like a pitch to go fund those things. This is just us talking about those in the in the in a very much a discussion focus. We are not, you know, marketing them to you. We're not like saying, "Hey, you should go fund these right now," or anything like that. Correct. Um, actually, some of them I would actively say do not get. Yeah. <laughs> um, not that you can now because they're out, but um, you know, whatever. Uh, learning. Learning. Learning process. Yes. Uh, it's there's a learning curve to to crowdfunding because as I have learned unfortunately and as some other people have learned unfortunately um, despite the fact that there is a respected developer and you're giving them money they are not going to potentially give you the best product they possibly can which is very very disappointing right uh, and I guess that's the same kind of situation with gaming in general, I've, I've had instances where I really liked the first game and then I didn't like the sequel. So, I mean, it, it happens. But, um, I don't know. It's a lot of these rely a lot on nostalgia. Yeah, 100%. To sell them. And as Ukulele will tell you, and my review of Ukulele will tell you, nostalgia isn't enough mm -hmm. uh it's really really disappointing so um i guess maybe we should talk about like what we have crowdfunded and everything so people kind of know like in general what what we're standing on sure sure i think i think okay. you have like the most experience with crowdfunding because i have only crowdfunded <laughs> one game <laughs> nice. just because like i see a lot of like kickstarter uh, indiegogo fig pitches out there and most of them, I'm like, okay, you know, that's a cool idea, but, you know, we've been around the block a lot in terms of, like, you know, with the the long history of crowdfund crowdfunding of video games. Like, the first crowdfunding game was in 20, 2009, and it's 2017, so, like, there's been a, a, a pretty big history, you know, back when, like, they kind of blew up in 2013, 2014. 
But with that being said, like, you see a lot of, like, these, you know, these pitches for, for games that are going to be crowdfunded, and probably, like, 50, around 50% of them, like, they're not going to get funded. Like, they're yeah. not going to be, like, this. they're not going to take the world on fire like, you know, the first Double Fine one did in 2012 where that thing just blew up. This isn't going to be, like, you know, one of those retro revivals that, you know, like a Mighty Number no. 9, a ukulele, a bloodstained where it's like oh hey you remember this uh this producer slash director slash game developer he made those classic games you all love what if he did another one of those (laughs) and then you know those get funded and it's like oh well i this isn't really what i wanted or they just disappear in development that is that's totally true sometimes sometimes there are crowdfunding horror stories where those things will get funded, and then the developers just literally take the money and run. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Crowdfunding, essentially, I think can be boiled down to this. It's an extreme... It's gambling. It's gambling, and it's an extreme form of pre-ordering. It's very extreme, because yeah. you have to... Um, I think especially with like things like Fig now, which is a kind of... Is a different take on crowdfunding, where it's like, oh... If you want to like put in X amount of money, you get to become an investor in this product, which is like an insane way to go <laughs> all all together. Like, man. So I guess in terms of my experience uh, with crowdfunding, uh, I was actually a a backer on the Double Fine Adventure, which ended up being Broken Age. Uh, so that was what twenty twelve. Uh, March thirteenth, twenty twelve, was when the uh, the campaign ended. The original campaign goal was four hundred thousand dollars, and it ended up making three million three hundred thirty six thousand three hundred seventy one dollars. Nice. Uh, so I crowdfunded that. I crowdfunded uh, Shantae, Half Genie Hero. Uh, I crowdfunded Ukulele, and I have crowdfunded um, Psychonauts two on fig uh is that all that i said earlier before we did this call because i can't remember (laughs) i believe it was i think i think those are all the ones that i have i have crowdfunded personally um i've crowdfunded a lot of other stuff but those are the games right so there's three of them that are out one still is not out but psychonauts 2 was I think it was last year that it started. Yeah, the very beginning of last year. So, like, obviously, okay. that's still going to be a little bit, a little ways off. Obviously, and I've had hit or misses with it. But go ahead and talk about what you've, you've crowdfunded because yours is very limited. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I haven't really dabbled into crowdfunding games specifically, just because, like, even when it's like a developer I like, like. Like Harmonix has done two different crowdfunding things. Like they did, they did one for their reboot of Amplitude, which I didn't participate in, just mostly because I I didn't have funds at the time for. But even like when I when I played that finished product, I probably would have been real bummed out when I when I played that game originally, and would have been bummed if I had crowdfunded that thing. And then they tried to do a fig campaign for Rock Band Four for PC, and that thing failed pretty badly, Ugh. which was a bad thing. The one game that I have crowdfunded was Indivisible, and they did an Indiegogo, and that is from the creators of Skullgirls, the kind of cult classic fighting game from around the turn of the 2010s. But the one, I think, interesting thing they did for this is that they pitched the the crowdfunding campaign, but also they had a playable demo that you could play that they put up on the PlayStation Network. 
That's useful. It was very useful. So, like, I, I checked it out because I was like, okay, you know, A, I don't know if I'm going to crowdfund this, but B, like, sure, I'll try out this, like, playable prototype and see, like, you know, how it runs, if it breaks, anything like that. And I played it, and I was like, you know, this is a fun little 2D action-adventure game. And that kind of, like, spurred me into putting money into crowdfunding it. Like, Giving that them please. Yeah, basically, that I probably would not have done if, like, it was just, like, a blanket, you know, here's our pitch, here's some video, but you're not going to play this thing for another, like, four or five years. Well, and, I mean, you have to consider, like, all the ones that I crowdfunded, um, Shantae, I established, liked the series. Yeah, 100%. Uh, ukulele, I was going off nostalgia because of Banjo-Kazooie and Tui, which are some of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. Um... Both the Double Fine, or because I really like Double Fine, I, I like Psychonauts and, um, you know, pretty much everything that Double Fine's ever done, I've really, really liked. Mm-hmm. So that was why the Double Fine adventure appealed to me. Um, but again, I've mentioned it before and I'm mentioning it again. A lot of that was relying on nostalgia. So all of mine are nostalgia based and yours was actually a demo based. So we have very different experiences yeah. with crowdfunding. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of fascinating to think about. Um, and, and you do have to think about as well, like a lot of crowdfunding campaigns, they're not going to include a playable demo. No, they're not. Like that's very rare. Like I think, um, the system shock reboot that had a playable demo alongside, uh, it's crowdfunding campaign. So that probably helped it as well. But, but yeah, like it's very, very, very rare to see like one of those, like, you know, like any of those big prominent, uh, crowdfunding campaigns, like. Like the the Double Fine one didn't have one. Mm. Nope. Uh, it didn't even have a name. Right. It was just Double Fine Adventure, and it was basically Double Fine going out there because they were like the first big company to kind of go out there and be like, okay, let's try this crowdfunding thing and see if it's even going to go anywhere. And basically, they got all their money kind of like on reputation of like their previous games and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yep. Mighty Number no. Nine. It's a train wreck in and of itself, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they did eventually put out some like prototypes, but that was after the crowdfunding campaign. Um, Shenmue three, nothing. That was just hey, people like that Shenmue game, even though that first one's not really that great of a game. Let's let's put six million dollars into that thing. Uh, the Bloodstained uh, Kickstarter from Koji Igarashi. I don't think that had a demo either, and then Ukulele obviously didn't either. Uh-uh. So it's like. So it's like we said, like a lot of these are, you know, hey, does this pitch appeal to you? Do these like short little videos that we're going to try and sell our pitch even more to you, sell any of this on to you? And that's pretty much like their basis of like, hey, give us money. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously nostalgia would be a big, big selling factor because, I mean... They're they're basically appealing to something that you already know that you like, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're basically selling you on past successes, which, again, video game companies do. I mean, people still buy Square Enix games for some god-awful reason <laughs> because they're made by Square Enix. Um, like, the name will often sell people. And even though things like ukulele are not done by the same team, or they are done by the same team, but they're not done by the same name. Um, But they were very clear in there, like, this is a rare revival. Like, 
even though Rare is pretty much like Microsoft's bitch at this point. <laughs> um, sorry, Rare. You deserve better. Um, it's just, I don't know. It, it's, I guess maybe because you clearly burned me so bad. I, I, I don't really have as much faith in the system anymore, which is sad because after coming off of Shantae, which was so phenomenal, like Shantae was really, really good. Which and I think like the Shantae one kind of kicks that mold a little bit just because like, hey, you guys know the reputation of these previous games that we've done. Yep. And that's like, that was, I'm assuming that was basically their pitch is like, hey, it's another yep. Shantae game. You kind of know how we make these games. We're going to make another one. It's just going to be prettier was pretty yeah. much the pitch because they're like, we're going to redo all the sprites. We're going to make it look nicer. Um, you know, they they posted up. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't actually like recent. It was pretty early into the campaign. They um, came out with like Christina V singing the theme song. So and had like a downloadable link for that, which was exciting. Um, but they were pretty much like this is going to be the same kind of thing we always do, just prettier. Right. And which I is mean, kind of, which is what you would want. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't wrong at all. Like it played so well and it was very, very pretty. And, um, sometimes I get frustrated because I'm not super great at finding everything in these kinds of things, but it was, it was really, really, really fun. Um, and it's, you know, kind of cute, and it has a cute story, and it has Christina V, so I'm already in love. And you're a genie. Like, why would you not want to play that game? Who doesn't want to be a genie? Who doesn't want to be a... Loki doesn't want to be a genie. He just <laughs> slapped me. Um, <laughs> but, no, it's... You know, it plays pretty much exactly like the old games. It's just updated. Yeah. That was nostalgia done right because it wasn't necessarily just like straight up nostalgia. Like you played these games when you were a kid. Now you're going to play them again. And it's going to be awesome. Like this has been a consistent series since like what the early 2000s. Yeah. pretty. Much. I think and the first game was like a Game Boy Color game or something like that. It was Game Boy Color. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I've bought every single one. So like I'm obviously invested and... They kept up the story. They kept up the writing. They kept up the gameplay. Like, literally, it was just like they had had a sequel that was not crowdfunded. And I'm fine with that. Which, essentially, it was kind of like, hey, we don't have a publisher. Let's crowdfund this, and then we'll get it out into the market. Hopefully, if, yep. you know, if it succeeds or not. Which, like, I'm looking at review scores for, like, for some of these games that you've crowdfunded and, like, comparing them, like, Let's look at ukulele. Ukulele right. had a lot of mixed reviews. It has a like an aggregate on Metacritic, uh, depending on which version. Uh, so the there's a, it has a 73 on PC and Xbox One and a 69 on PS4. Nice. <laughs> Compare that to let's say another crowdfunding game that relied very much on nostalgia, Mighty Number no. Nine. That. Oof, is a little worse like the metacritic scores for that are a 52 on pc and ps4 a 48 on wii u and a 55 on xbox one and i mean that's not even like incorporating any like this the weird 
delays, uh, not telling people like what was going on with that game, and just like all like the the mess that that thing had. Uh, but comparatively, like Broken Age has some pretty high scores. Like uh, the aggregate for Metacritic is a seventy six on PC. That could be weird PC stuff. Yeah. An eighty one on PS four and a ninety on Vita. Shout out it's, to the Vita. It's a good game. Shout out to the Vita always. And then comparably, um, like, uh, Half Genie Hero has an 81 on Metacritic. Uh, I'd give it much higher than an 81. But, like, Ukulele, I would probably give it, like, a 3 out of 10. And that's bad. That's, that's very really bad. bad. Um, it became... It, it, it got to the point where I was literally like, this is unplayable. I cannot play this. And not like I'm a drama queen and there's some like screen drops every once in a while or like I can't play this because so-and-so's voice actress I don't like. Like it was literally an unplayable game because I could not figure out like the camera angles weren't working. I wasn't getting any kind of instruction on what to do. It was not fun. So that is also a reason why it's unplayable. Totally. Uh, I mean, it was just a hot mess of a game, and I was so disappointed because I love the rare, like, collect-a-thon games. I really, really love them. So it was extremely disappointing, and I know that we've, like, hawked my uh, my reviews several times on here. Um, but I legitimately was so upset when I was playing this game. And I know that I was texting you at one point, like, I want to keep playing this, but I can't. Right. Um, because it was so bad. It was a bad game. And it never would have probably gotten released without a Kickstarter. Because somebody I, at some point would have been like, oh, you know what? This game sucks. I think that's kind of one of the reasons they kind of had to go to Kickstarter. Because they <laughs> tried to pitch that thing around and everyone's like, no we're good i think kind of like one of the big problems with the ukulele uh kickstarter and the the pitch they try to give is like oh we're we're making a game that's based around all the games we made from like 1998 to 2000 and i don't think they kind of realize that you know collectathons are kind of just like a thing in games now like any type of game has like can have a bunch of collectibles in it and it just kind of become ingrained in the culture of video games and it's not really a unique or, it's not a genre anymore. Yeah, it's not a unique genre anymore. Like that's it's just everywhere, and it's not like this new thing that you can like. Oh, we're making a new one of those. Like you haven't seen one of those since, since twenty years ago. Essentially, it's like no, but no, they're basically everywhere now. Like, what are you guys doing? Well, and if you're gonna do it, do it right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just seemed like they. And I, it might may have been like because they got money and we're like, well, we have money, we should do these things. But they just kept adding stuff that was useless in there, and it made no sense, and it was bloated, and it was terrible. Uh, and it it made me sad. Don't rely I, on nostalgia for your your crowdfunding campaign. It's probably not gonna work out that well. <laughs> Mighty number nine. Um, I'm pouting. You can't see it, but I am pouting <laughs> really hard because ukulele is bad, and that makes me a sad panda. But also, like we we could talk about like how you know nostalgia can help crowdfunding campaigns campaigns because like Shovel Knight was a crowdfunded game, and yep. that essentially was like, hey, you like old like eight bit, sixteen bit, two D side scrollers? We're gonna make one of those, and that game was phenomenal. 
But then it came to the point where, like, every other game that was crowdfunded was like, hey, you like those types of games? True. Shovel, Shovel Knight did it. We could do it, too. And I'm like, oh, man, guys. That, it was kind of cool, like, the first 15 times I saw it. Now I've seen it 360 times. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm... I'll pass. Um, I feel like that's just a problem with, like, crowdfunding in general. It's like someone will see a trend, and they'll be like, oh, we need to get on that trend, like... I don't know if you've ever seen, like, the thousands of Cards Against Humanity clones that are on Kickstarter or trying to get pitched on Kickstarter. Like, Oh, yeah. There's a lot of them. So it's like... It's a mess. Yeah. So it's just like, hey, we saw these people make some money. We could totally do the same thing, right? And it's just like, no. No, you're not going to do that. <laughs> it's not going to work. Well, and I know I mentioned earlier um, about, like, crowdfunding um, campaigns that kind of take your money and run mm -hmm. um did you ever read about um project phoenix um i don't know it was the one that was basically like we're gonna make an rpg and it's gonna have uematsu doing the soundtrack and like they really really sold it as like this like great new jrpg did you ever see it i i'm looking at it right now on wikipedia but uh, i don't think i had seen it at the time Okay, so there's been some controversy with it in the past like month or so because oh. basically they came out and were like, yeah, we can't make that game that we said we were going to make. So we're going to make this other game, and if it sells, <laughs> then we'll make that game that we were promising on <laughs> Kickstarter. That's like, wow. It's so bad. Like That is so unacceptable to mm -hmm. be like, well, if, if we sell this game that we're going to make out of the money that you guys gave us, they won't make the game that we promised you on Kickstarter. Like, you can't do that. And that game, or that, that crowdfunding campaign made a million dollars nearly four years ago. Yeah. <sighs> but they literally came out, like, within the past month. And were like, we can't make that game that we promised you. Then, <laughs> I, 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 I guess I don't know 100% about, like, Kickstarter's, like refunding policy but like if if you're coming out and saying that at that point like someone should jump in and be like yeah you guys have to refund everyone's money now like and they should yeah because that's up right i mean they literally just did like a highway robbery of mm -hmm. like well we wanted to make this big grandiose game that we were promising and like that maybe that's part of the issue is that like is there a burden of proof of like your budget is viable on yeah crowdfunding is that a thing that exists I, I don't know like i guess people see like how much they think they know how much like game development costs and kind of just go with that but like even then it's like because some of these things are making like you know millions of dollars right i mean it's it's really inexcusable and especially like if you are a seasoned game developer you should be better than that. Um, yeah. You should know budgets. Um, but there should be some kind of like crowdfunding watchdog type thing that like, yeah. if you if you don't hold up to it, then you don't get to keep that money, like period. I mean, because... look at like something like Star Citizen, which was crowdfunded, initially crowdfunded in 2012. That thing has raised $142 million and that game mm. is still not out. 
like that's a problem. Yeah, and people like, literally don't know like when that thing's gonna come out. All they know is like, hey, I can buy a ship and walk around in it, and that's pretty much it, as far oh. as I know. I mean, we were talking about um, Psychonauts too because I crowdfunded that, um, and it was announced last year and crowdfunded. But that that's feasible. That that makes sense. That it's not out yet. Yeah. Um, like that's that's a understandable sense of like turnaround time on a game that it's not out yet. And I think Shantae took several years. Yeah, I believe but, so. Um, but for somebody to just come out and be like, "No, we're not delivering that game that we promised you, but we're using that money anyway to make this other game," like you should get a refund. Period. That that is so not okay, and they should get some kind of like blacklist. Right, hundred percent. Like I, uh, I completely agree with that. Like it's gross. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like a weird sense of like gamer exploitation, which I don't even like the fact that I said that phrase <laughs> because gamers are usually not very exploited. <laughs> um, although they will like they will tell you all the time that they're victims. Um, I say that as somebody who plays video games, but is not considered a gamer in my opinion um they'll play the victim all the time but in this case they might actually be the victim yeah uh i don't know it's just it's so frustrating because it was such a cool idea and it's great for like indie developers who can't compete with these big companies but it's in my opinion getting such a bad reputation that like nobody's gonna want to be involved with them anymore and, and th- so what do these indie game c- uh, developers do? True. And I think, like, also it just doesn't help that, like, you know, you have... Con- I, this could be a controversial opinion. Like, I don't understand why... I don't, or I guess I don't necessarily see why Double Fine needed to have crowdfunding. Or, let's say, Shenmue 3, when that is kind of backed by Sony. Yeah, Shenmue 3 I can't see. Double that's, Fine that's, I can see a little bit more. Yeah, the Shenmue 3 one's a really controversial. Because, like, A, they have backing from Sony in some specific way. Because they, they show that off at the the Sony press conference, uh, E3 one in 2015. So, like, there's some relationship there. Yeah. But yet that thing still made $6 million in crowdfunding. Like, did they really need that much? And they were initially asking for $2 million. Like, did they need that much? Does a game like, of that caliber... Should there be a cap? Yeah. Or just does a game of that caliber even should be allowed on crowdfunding campaigns? Or, like, crowdfunding that, sites? That's a good question is, like, should high-profile games actually be there? Um, and I know you were questioning Double Fine, but, um, I think they're more of, like, a niche. I mean, yeah, but, like, they are way bigger than a lot of the indie games that are trying to get crowdfunded. Oh, I totally agree, but, like, so is Way Forward, and Way Forward got Shantae funded, so, like, I just think, like, some of, like, these bigger games, like, you know, the Shenmue's, the Bloodstains, the Mighty Number 9's, they set this like ec- these unrealistic expectations for a lot of different like indie developers, and that definitely is not going to help them get like their their game crowdfunded because they'll just see like oh, you know, what makes this game different? Like why should I give money to this like random no name person when I could give it to this person I know who made all these games I love when I was like two years old in nineteen thirty three. Nineteen thirty three, they were playing yeah. video games. <laughs> Sir, do you realize the first official <laughs> video game came out in 1958? It was not commercially available, but it did come out in 58 at Brookhaven Lab. Shout out to your dissertation. Yup. Um, 
1933, the two-year-old <laughs> would not be playing a video game. They might be playing an arcade game. It's true. Uh, so I don't know why I said 1933. This is the first year that came <laughs> to my mind, though. <laughs> Why is it 1933 either? Because it makes no sense. It doesn't. The, of the Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> I should laugh about the Great Depression. But it, it makes sense though, like that <laughs> that people will like will gravitate more towards like, oh, I I know this name from like my childhood from my nostalgia rather than like, oh, like this indie developer that I may not know has this really cool concept, but I'm not gonna give them money because I don't want, I don't know who they are, I don't know like what they're if their pitch is going to do anything or if they're, they're just going to take the money and run. Right. Or if they have um, unrealistic, like, uh, expectations for how much money they need. I mean, it's fair. Um, I mean, honestly, if, if like Tim Shaver's like, Oh man, I'm going to make this game. That sounds awesome. And then like some dude, Joe Smith, that I've never heard of ever and has no games behind him. It's like, Hey, I'm going to make this game and it's going to be extremely similar to that. Um, you know, it, it's just kind of like in your nature to be like, well, I trust this guy that I've dealt with before. Right. hundred percent. Um, unless your name is Nomura, in which case I don't trust you at all. Give them negative money. I will give you <laughs> negative money. I will give you no money. I will throw rotten fruit at you. <laughs> I mean, there are still like there are still good indie games that are getting crowdfunded that are eventually you know just now coming out. Like we talked about, Shovel Knight came out mm-hmm. uh, in 2014. That only that that crowdfunded campaign ended at three hundred thousand dollars. You know um, that Shovel Knight was in Ukulele, right? Yeah, which was a very weird crossover really thing weird. and kind of pointless. Let's say very very pointless. Um, I was trying to find. Other things, uh, Night in the Woods, which just recently came out, that was crowdfunded for only two hundred nine thousand dollars. Uh, FTL, which is a really good game, two hundred thousand, that came out in twenty fourteen. Um, as I scroll down through this list, because there's a lot of things on this list, and they're not easy to sort by. Right. Thanks, Wikipedia. Whoops, letting us down. Uh, I guess like other things I saw on here, like uh, Read Only Memories was a crowdfunded game. I. I don't have the number in front of me. Undertale was a crowdfunded game. And I think that thing only had like l- like less than $100,000. And that game was like very, a very huge good. Huge it. It, like, it blew Undertale, up. But, um, uh, but there's a reason that I didn't like it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, like Frog Fractions 2, which basically was just on the reputation of Frog Fractions, which was just an insane game in and of itself, still made like $72,000, which... That's more than they wanted, and that successfully crowdfunded that thing, which <laughs> then they had to completely like hide that into another game, which is that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> but yeah, like there is still like there's still good stuff getting crowdfunded, and there are success stories. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I feel fine that I crowdfunded Broken Age. I feel fine that I crowdfunded Shantae. Psychonauts is yet to be seen. But it's, um, there's still time for that, obviously. Ukulele, I want my money back. <laughs> Which I think, like, I, don't, I don't think anyone would blame you for that. I mean, there are people that really love ukulele, and I don't know why, and I don't know if they're lying to themselves. 
but it wasn't a good game. But even you were saying that like it has higher reviews than some other games, and it's like, ooh, how? It's I, not good. It totally could be a thing where, like, hey, I spent this much money on this crowdfunding campaign for it. I've invested all this time, like, watching the development of this thing. Like, I, I basically kind of have to make myself like this. Or, you know, that people might just genuinely enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, people That's totally like thing. bad games. <laughs> they do. You're not wrong. Um, But, I mean... I had the same kind of sense, and I, I was just talking about this. I was texting you, like, I crowdfunded ukulele, and I feel like I have an obligation to try and play it. But it got to the point yeah. where I was like, I can't do this to myself. I can't. I had to stop because it was making me miserable. And that's not what's supposed to happen when you're playing a game. You're right. not supposed to be miserable or, like, feel like you're forcing yourself to play it. That's not fun. No. 100% not. <laughs> do you... Th- I- there is one kind of spin to this is that there hasn't been a lot of crowdfunded consoles. And oh, obviously man. the biggest one to come out of crowdfunding was the Ouya. The Ouya. Which was crowdfunded at $8.5 million. Can somebody just give me $8.5 million? I'd probably give you a better product than Ouya with like the two cardboard boxes that I have over there. So that thing came out in 2013 and is not no longer available on like the market. Ugh. Wikipedia says retail availability is now from 2013 to 2015. Wow, so it didn't that, last very long. That thing was basically a Android console essentially. Yeah. It had like Android interface. And they there was like a lot of like exclusive games for it at first. Uh, I think like um What was it? See, we all know because Ouya was such a massive, massive. No, like hit. it, it was like a, an actual, <laughs> like it was, it was an actual big game that came out, but I can't remember the name of it for life of me. It was one of those like couch co-op games that eventually came out. Oh, Towerfall, that game uh, that basically came out everywhere afterwards, but that was an exclusive Ouya game <laughs> at first. It sounds like you're trying to like puke, like <laughs> it when, does. when Maxwell's trying to get like a hairball up. The sound is Ouya. But then, like I guess in 2015, Razor bought the company. Like, bought all the assets from him. So, Ugh. that thing is completely dead. Eight yeah. and a half million dollars for that thing to die in two years. That's I guess, so upsetting. Yeah. Uh, I guess the second biggest, like, kind of console thing was the Oculus Rift, which did get funded for $2.4 million. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, for development units and all that sort of stuff. And then eventually, you know, that got a little bit murky as well when Oculus got bought by Facebook. Yep. <laughs> so, that kind of, like, takes that into a completely different route all entirely at least i think that's on the market it's still you know somewhat viable considering there is still people making vr games right now whether or not that's going to be um for a while now or if that's that window is shutting very quickly quicker than a lot of people expected that remains to be seen but that's probably the most success story out of like any like sort of like console thing like considering the ouya was a monumental failure yeah um and I mean, history has just shown that, like, console, especially like a new console, is extremely difficult to get off the ground. Right. Um. So, without a big name behind it as well, I think that that it's even more difficult than it normally would be. Uh. I mean, I think, like, Atari has been trying to get some kind of crazy console out since like the '90s. So. Like there was and- the um. Like whoever rebought Coleco was trying to like 
yeah, crowdfunded. Yeah, Coleco is trying to. But that thing was like, oh, we stole some parts from like other like hardware and systems and mm-hmm. threw it into like this very bad shell. And that thing was like a complete mess. I mean, it 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 makes sense. Like I said, it's very very hard to release a console, mm-hmm. um, and it takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of advertising. It takes a lot of schmoozing with game companies to get stuff on your console. I mean, it's. It's not an easy task, and so I feel like crowdfunding games is much, much easier than um, crowdfunding a a system. Right. And you're, mean, you're, when, you're not going to see like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo out there like, yeah, we want to crowdfund this new uh, system we're going to make. Like that's yeah, not going to okay. happen. And you're not going to see some like just no name brand come out of the woodworks nowadays. And just be like, oh yeah, we're gonna go fight Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo, like one of those three. It's like, not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. And I mean, like I know in some kind of like Robin Hood dream world that it it probably would happen because I know that a lot of people have severe issues with the big three, but it's not gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of. I don't want to say it's solidified at this point because, I mean, there is always something that can happen. But, um, I mean, those are the big three. They're the ones that we're really stuck with and then, obviously, PC. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't see it working, especially when your um, previous, like, attempts are, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it- so, you can't really point at it and be like, that's a successful venture. Let's do this. And it kind of, it does kind of seem like crowdfunding has kind of slowed down a bit compared to you know previous years, and I yeah. wonder if that is because like you know Microsoft and Sony kind of, I guess Nintendo also to a certain extent like they've become a lot more welcoming towards like indie games, indie and, games. And, and developers. Like I know Microsoft has like their ID at Xbox, which is basically their indie team going out there and getting indie developers. Sony has a very similar thing. Nintendo as well. And you see, like, all three of those uh, store marketplaces, like, filled with, like, various types of indie games nowadays, yeah. which is which wasn't a thing, like, may- maybe, like, 10 years ago. Like, it was kind of starting to get off the ground then, but even then, it was, just, like, maybe one game a week or if that. But now it's, like, kind of everywhere. So I wonder if, like, that's kind of helped to slow down, like, the rush of crowdfunding or if it's just, like, you know, people are kind of seeing nowadays that, like, hey maybe crowdfunding isn't necessarily the most viable option to get a project off the ground. And it, it honestly could be either one. Um, but I do feel like maybe there is some kind of positive relation between big companies seeing like crowdfunding projects working and then them also funding indie projects because they're realizing like, Oh, people are buying these. Yeah, true. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily like a bad thing. Like that might be the real big positive of crowdfunding is that like Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft saw, oh, hey, indie games are kind of popular. Maybe we should put some indie games on our systems. Like there was the story we I think we talked about when we talked about the Switch was like Snipperclips was a, a, a very much an indie game that was kind of being showed off here and there, like very low key, like it wasn't a big deal. And then Nintendo just found it and was like, hey, we're going to pump some money in this thing and you're going to be a Switch launch title. Yeah. So, like, there's there's totally stories like that. I um, I don't know if, like, just because all of that's happening that, like, 
crowdfunding is just going to completely go away? I don't think it's going to go away, but it definitely has slowed down. I think people nowadays are just a lot more in tune to like, you know, the the positives and negatives to crowdfunding. Yeah. And they're not going to be more easily swayed towards like, oh, this nostalgia thing is out. I want to go crowdfund that. Like, I mean, obviously there's going to be people out there that do that because people are dumb. But like, I think people have now have now seen kind of like, you know, they've seen the Mighty Number no. Nines. They've, they've seen, seen the horror stories. They've seen the horror stories of like, you know, that and ukulele where it's, they come out and it's like that. Mm, I I don't think that was exactly what I wanted from that. Yeah. So I think people I are going to be a little bit more gun shy to, you know, go out and spend money like that. I 100% am. Like after my experience with ukulele, I'm going to be very, very hesitant to ever crowdfund anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's terrible because like I said, I've had good experiences with it too. But that game burned me so bad that I'm yeah. just not really interested in, in the process anymore. That's completely 100% fair. It's going to be real interesting just to see like what Shenmue 3 is. <laughs> if that game's a success or not. Because look... That 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 first game in 1999 was kind of revolutionary in the ways that it had quick time events and it was very cinematic, but it was it's not a game that you can kind of go back to and think like is revolutionary now. It hasn't aged well, right? So I wonder exactly like how they're going to implement a game of that nature in 2017 when like when like I think the Yakuza series is a much better like game than any of those Shinmu games were, and they've integrate iterated excuse me on that series, you know, for like the six or seven games that they've done for that franchise and they keep getting better and better. So like, I don't understand, or I guess I don't know how Shinmu 3 is going to like compete in that space. And I guess the same thing goes for like that Bloodstained game. Like it's considering they're basically their pitches. Hey, it's the guy who made Symphony of the Night. He's making another one of those. How many different 2D Metroidvanias have been out there since Symphony of the Night? Like how do you, how do you like make yourself different than that? And are people even going to, like, buy into that when that game comes out? Right. And a lot of them were Castlevania games on the DS. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I I like Metroidvania style. I was, I didn't crowdfund that because I was still hesitant on it, um, which is surprising because that was before I got, like, super duper burned. Yeah. But um, even then, I was starting to feel like, eh, maybe I'll hold off. I think especially because that came, like, around the time of, like, Mighty Number no. 9. It was, like, uh, they were very close in time. So it's kind of like, here's this old guy. F- old guy. Here's this guy from <laughs> from the, from the, like, the NES Super Nintendo era. And then here's another guy from around that same era as well. It's, like, pretty much same pitches. You're making games that you used to make. We get it. <laughs> One of them is absolutely trash <laughs> well in that video you had me watch the other day what was the um guy's name so we can have a shout out um, uh, the... stop skeletons from fighting there you go um full disclosure i am a patreon of that okay i'm not i didn't know about him at all and he was talking about um ukulele and he even says in his review that he could have seen where mighty number no. nine could have been a good game but he didn't see at all they have they have like a very in depth like look at like the development of Mighty Number no. Nine on their channel as well. Hmm. So like they they're very well researched in that game. Um, so he he says that he can see that, and I agree. Like I could see where Mighty Number no. Nine could have been a good game, and it's just not. But Ukulele is just like 
a trash can on fire rolling down a hill of this. <laughs> um, it's not a good game, and it's so upsetting. Like the only thing that's good about it is that it's pretty. Yeah, it's a very good looking game. Yeah, but like, I don't know. It's like seeing a super hot guy and then realizing he's dumb as a brick. <laughs> You want nothing to do with it after a while. Like, okay, cool. I can't have a conversation with you. Like, that's what ukulele is to me. It's a hot guy with brains for brick brains. Brick brains. Ah. Disappointing. Disappointing. I hope there's some, like, crowdfunding game that comes out, you know, maybe sometime down the line that maybe tries the same kind of approach and proves everyone wrong. Like, gets it right for once. But... I guess yet I'll. To be seen. Yeah, it's yet to be seen. I'll, I'll hold my cards to my chest on that one. All right. Just because I'm not 100 percent sure that it's possible. Yeah, I'm not either. I I really, I mean, like I said, my best experience has been Shantae, and that's not even the same kind of deal. It's not like a revival. It was a sequel. Right. So. Burp. Burp. Ah, uh, crowdfunding. How you uh. Make me have an indigestion. It's <laughs> one way to put it. Yep. Stresses uh, me out. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> uh, before we go and end this episode, we're gonna we're gonna pitch our, our crowdfunding campaign. No. <laughs> if you're listening to this on the day of release, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. That means E3 is technically started. It has. Which is very scary because Saturday is the first day of press conferences, which is oh very, God. very weird to feel. Yeah. So I thought we might like end the episode on talking about like maybe what we want or want to see out of E3 this year, considering it's going to set the, set the landscape for the rest of the year in terms of video games. I bet EA is going to show a lot of sports games. I bet they are. <laughs> um I actually am curious to see if EA is going to like really show off the Switch at all. I think they they they've shown a little bit of what their FIFA game is for Switch. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah, FIFA. It's not FIFA. Oh. It's like a it's it looks like a Wii version of FIFA. A that Wii they used version. To, yeah. So they're doing the same thing they yeah. used to do. That's Which, really disappointing. Yeah. I would assume maybe that that shows up there like in some capacity. Or something. I would like to see them maybe do something else on Switch. That would be real cool. It would. I think they'll Basically, also. Basically, like... I want more people to produce games on the Switch. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I completely agree with you. I uh, those should. I think Star Wars Battlefront Two is going to be like their main push, probably because that that game comes out this year. Yeah. Uh, they probably won't have anything Battlefield related because that was just last year. Need for Speed will probably be there as well. And then I don't know, probably something weird that. Pagel 3. <laughs> you heard it here first. Oh my goodness. Um, we pretty much know what Microsoft's going to do. Microsoft is Sunday, which is they're moving back from Monday to join Bethesda on the Sunday day and replacing EA, who moved back to Saturday. What are you doing, E3? Go home, E3. Yeah. You're drunk. Yeah, no kidding. Microsoft's basically going to spend probably a lot of time talking about Project Scorpio, revealing the actual name of the console, price point, release date, what the games look like on that system, and then probably like show off some new games that will look really good on that system. I don't think they're going to like do something crazy and be like, oh, we're going to split uh, the user base and make this like a new 3DS to 3DS type thing where, 
oh, this one game runs only on Project Scorpio. Yeah. Like that would be completely it. insane. That that may happen like a few years down the line, but I don't think Microsoft really is able to do that considering people still aren't necessarily over the the Xbox One launch and all of that hubbub. Like people still think like that thing has like DRM in it. Oh, I know. Like that's that's crazy. Like they need to basically do for this press conference like write the course very much so and show off that console make people know that hey this is the most powerful home console out in the market blah 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 have it at a maybe a decent price point i'm i'm guessing that thing is going to be either four or five hundred dollars my guess was like four to four fifty i i would lean more towards five i think if they were smart they would go more towards four because that's the price point of the ps4 pro yep but if I think it's as powerful as they say, I would not be surprised if it's 500, which that's not going to help them. No, it's not at all. I'm just thinking of like Sony's press conference when they released the PS3 or when they announced the PS3. $600. Everyone's like, uh, it was a mess. <clears throat> no, that's, that's not going to work. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I guess games wise, I'm not 100% sure what they're going to show off. Like Microsoft? Yeah. Shooters? I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I was thinking, like, they they have to show that Crackdown game that they, they teased, like, three two or three years ago. Oh, my God. It was several years ago. I forgot about that. Maybe. I guess 343 has said, like, they're not doing anything big with Halo. Maybe a brief tease of Halo 6, but I doubt that. Yeah. I guess that leaves, like, what? There's, there what, be an, what does Microsoft have? There's going to be a new Forza game, because Forza yeah. is basically bi-yearly, like, the right. main series okay. in Horizon. And that'll look good on uh, Project Scorpio. That'll be like, hey... Here's Look cars. at this car game. It looks real good on this system. Eh? Eh? I'm trying to think, like, what else they've shown from, like, previous years. Like, Scalebound's not going to be there because that's canceled. That's canceled. Which, break my heart, why don't you? <laughs> no kidding. I don't... Uh... I got nothing. I really... I yeah. can't think like, of anything. Gear, there's, no, there's not going to be a new Gears game because that was there's last no year. Gears. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's something cool. Like, I... Yeah. Surprise me, Microsoft. Yeah. I mean, last year they showed off, they had Inside debut there. Inside was really good. So maybe something like kind of cool like that. Maybe they'll, sh maybe they'll show off Below, which that game hasn't shown up since like 2012. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of a bad thing. Yeah. So maybe some cool indie games, maybe something just that out there just surprises people. They need to, they need to have a good lineup of games, I think. That's the, the main point. I agree, because we all know that they're coming out with Scorpio. So like, you have to back it. Mm-hmm. You can't 100%. just give us a system and be like, here you go, here's a system. Okay, well, we're going to play on it. Yeah. Um, so, um, I and want then, them to surprise me. I really do. Yeah. And then Bethesda is later that night. It's like real late for some reason because Bethesda's crazy. They'll talk about Elder Scrolls Online because I think the Morrowind expansion's out soon. Or it's out now or soonish. Uh, maybe they'll show off uh, Skyrim for Switch. Maybe. Which, sure, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, I legitimately don't know what they're going to have. I have no idea. Because they're not going to have a new Elder Scrolls game. There's not a new far, fall, Fallout game. Which, eh, whatever. Maybe maybe they show off the, uh, the Fallout VR stuff that they teased last year? Meh. Because they talked about how that game was going to be playable in VR on consoles. And they specifically <laughs> said consoles. I'd rather them just give me another Fallout than. I did not. I thought Fallout, Fallout Four was a bad game. I know you didn't like it, but I would rather have another Fallout than Fallout VR. That's true, but like even <laughs> then, like 
Fallout's going to be after probably the next Elder Scrolls game. Probably. What about Doom 2? <laughs> I mean... Yo, okay. if, they, if they made a sequel to that Doom game and they called it Doom 2, that would be A, completely bonkers, but B, yo, that Doom game was very good. That's what my brother says. Oh, man. Like, he was obsessed. And he has good taste in games, so I'll, I'll, I'll believe him on that. That soundtrack's very good. That's what he says. I guess I guess I just don't know like a lot of like what Bethesda has in their back catalog that they may try and pull out. What do you out. have that's not? Yeah, what's what's what do you have that's not Fallout or Elder Scrolls? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. So hey, here's another company that could come out and be like, hey, surprise us. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Fallout Online, <laughs> or oh, massively God. multiplayer Fallout game. Yeah. That would be. It probably they'd probably make money off of it. Apparently, I mean. Oh, they'd make money. They they're still pumping out stuff for Elder Scrolls Online, and that game's free to play, so mm, they're probably okay. making money off that. Uh, Monday, Ubisoft or Ubisoft, I think that's now the, the official pronunciation of it. Wait, they say Ubi. how do they Ubi? I, I'm pretty sure they the official pronunciation of of it is Ubisoft. It's always been Ubisoft. I, you got me. Like literally every time I've ever heard anybody like on E3 I mean, or French. Like, I know, but like Ubisoft sounds more French to me than Ubisoft. Hey. I don't know French. You know I, French. I, I know a little French. Um Assassin's Creed. Of course. Um No Aisha girl, Tyler, no Girlwood. You, you said no Girlwood, so I'm already out. Um because Ubisoft whatever. Um, Ubisoft has always been the press conference that, like, I watch because it's a train wreck. <laughs> it's a train wreck. It's so good. Uh, it's never, like, a good press conference. No. But it's always one that I watch because, like, what was it last year she had people out there in, like, Just Dance that were, like, dressed as giraffes and circus people and everything. I'm like, what is happening? There was the year before that when she went and talked to that Assassin's Creed cosplayer and she was like, oh, who who are you here? And he's like, uh, this is my real name. I'm a paid cosplayer. <laughs> Oh my god. It was so bad. She's like, oh, you're not supposed to say that. Oh um, my god. Um, there'll be a new Just Dance game, speaking of. Can can there be more Usher announcements? He's going to come out and say Happy Easter, Xbox. I, I just remember that <laughs> Usher is a thing. Usher. 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 Um, People are going to get mad about Far Cry 5. Yeah. People are already mad about Far Cry. They're gonna 5. get even more mad. They're gonna get mad again about it. Oh my god! People need to get over it. What if there was a new Prince of Persia game? Eh, depending on how it's presented, I'd be into it. Yeah. Oh, you know they're gonna show off that Mario Cross Rabbits thing. Oh god. Yeah. I'm still so upset by that advertisement that it's you so showed bad. me. It's so bad. But they are going to show it, and we mm-hmm. know they're going to show it, and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll just accept that it's there. Rayman's over in the corner like, hey, guys, you could have included me. Right. Like, they did so good with all the Rayman games that came out lately. Just keep doing those. Stop <laughs> with the rabbits. They have to God. show off a... They'd have to show off a Tom Clancy game, because there is no current Tom Clancy game that's supposed to come out. All of them have come out. <laughs> Oh my god! Got to get the clans out there. They got to have their fake team speak in a in a in a gameplay trailer, uh, which is a staple of Ubisoft. They're so painful to watch. 
it's so good. Just the entire press conference is so hard to watch, and yet every year I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Because of course I am. Of course you are. <sighs> and then maybe they have some like new thing, kind of like last year, where they're like, here's Steep, and then no one played Steep. Yeah. Monday I don't night even know what is. <laughs> it was their like, um, snow extreme sports game so you're like oh uh, you're on this oh, huge mountain better. you get to go snowboarding paragliding skiing. i remember that yeah. uh, that presser now and yeah no i wasn't into it i don't think a lot of people were <laughs> obviously <laughs> sunday night sony uh i i told you i fell asleep in yeah. sony's last year so we'll sony sony last year was basically like here's a bunch of games that are going to be in development for a while well later they yeah. kind of have to show those games again and be like, oh, oh, by the way, they're coming out very soon. They can't pull off another, like, here's some new games that are in development that won't be out for another few years. Because that would be very bad, especially on the heels of Microsoft and, like, you know, they're launching another console. Yeah. You kind of have to come back with something. You, so, you have to. I'm guessing we'll see more of God of War. Probably. Death Stranding. Oh, God, no. Last of Us Part Two. Whatever that weird zombie game they showed last year was. Which... So pretty much just the conference last year part. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what I'm getting here. The Spider-Man game. Okay. I, I would assume they have to show something else. Like They have to show some new stuff as well. But like I think for those games they, they showed off last year, if they show them again, they basically have to have like either release windows or release dates for those games. They have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't show them again and be like, they're still in development. Like... Oh, and then um, they'll probably show. I, I think what I've heard of their conference this year is basically going to be like last year's, where it's games, 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 games. So like yeah, maybe there's I like a so. little bit of indie focus there, like they've kind of done the past few years. But yeah, that's probably going to be like the main focus of their show. Uh, I doubt that they'll have like. I forget. It was the year before, or I don't remember. It's been so long that they were like, "Here's Kingdom Hearts stuff." Like oh, that was we know 2013. That's not gonna- Oh, 2013. Um, we know that's not going to be there. No, that's not going to be there. Final Fantasy VII Remake's not going to be there. Thankfully. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're not, but at the same time, like... Here's Square to talk be- about Final Fantasy XVI. Oh, my God, it looks really <laughs> bad. Oh, please don't give me Final Fantasy XVI. Oh, I'm, I'm done. Sony will show off Destiny 2. Ah. Uh, and Call of Duty. Because they have their exclusive uh, DLC partnerships with both of those. Right. So those two will definitely be there. I literally could not care less. I mean, yeah, of course. I'm just saying, like, that's just two things. That <laughs> be there. No, no, no. I know. I know. I'm just saying these are things that I really don't care about. But um, yeah, you're right. They'll be there. And yay? Question mark. I mean, people. People are into it. I'm just not one things. of them. Yeah. Um, um. So it's pretty much last year part two is what I'm getting. It, uh, yeah, I guess. That's what I would assume, at least. All right. Just because, considering how weird last year's was, where it's like, here's all these games that are very early in development. All right, later. Yeah, bye. That was it. And then we end with Nintendo on Tuesday morning. Which... Uh, and I, they got to show new stuff. We talked about yeah. this before. They have to. Um, I personally am really stoked because I'm hoping there's more Mario stuff. Yeah, um, I would agree with you. Like, I need to see more of that Mario game. I'm really excited. Because it's supposed to come out, like, this winter. Yeah. 
That's true. So they have to show more. I would assume um, that they show off a little bit of some of the games they kind of briefly announced at that uh, January I press conference. I there'd be like more Fire Emblem. Um, Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, Warriors. Xenoblade 2. Oh, more Xenoblade? I mean, hopefully. <laughs> I've heard rumors so. that like that that <laughs> their little uh, direct thing might only be like 30 minutes long. Mm, which that's, that's not upsetting. good. Um, um, I guess they it's, have to announce something new, but like, yeah, we know it's not going to be a new Zelda game because Breath of the Wild just just came out, wrecked it. Yeah. Um, and people are starved for new Switch games. They are, um, and that's understandable. So I think like they kind of have to be like, hey, we're opening up our library. Like some of these games might not come out till 2018, but here are a bunch of new games that are going to be coming out for this system. Or like in development for this system, mm-hmm. they have to show more. Um, like, I swear to God, Nintendo, if you show up for 30 minutes and show me ARMS and that's it, I'm well, going to scream. I think ARMS is out, like, the week after E3. Okay, so... But they might show, they might show that. They might show Splatoon 2, which they've already shown a bunch of. I, I, I wonder if it's telling, though, that they did, they did that Pokemon Direct today of, as we were recording this. And they were like, oh, yeah, Pocket Tournament DX is out for the Switch. Yeah. That's the Pokemon game. We're remaking Sun and Moon. For 3DS, I mean, they said, like, oh, that'll be on, like, on the Treehouse streams, but, like, they didn't mention, like, oh, that's going to be, like, on our direct or anything. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's telling if they're getting out ahead and getting those games out because they don't think, like, those are big enough announcements for E3 or something. I mean, Nintendo's weird considering they just do their own thing for E3. Yeah, Nintendo is always kind of, like, your wild card. Your dark horse, if you will. Given, given the way that they are doing these Wii U to Switch kind of remasters with Mario Kart 8 with yeah. Pocket Tournament DX. Do you see them announcing any more Wii U games to come to Switch? I, I would ass- if there is one, it has to be Smash. Like a complete edition with all the DLC for Switch. I could see that. I think that um, I think that would just be like a no-brainer home run. I could definitely see that. That would really really make sense. Um I'm trying to look at my my Wii U catalog. Um <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have I, a very short body and I can't. It's leave. fine. I would like a Mario Maker, but I would want like a new version of Mario Maker. Like I don't want like right, a port a Mario of the Maker Wii U. Two would yeah, be cool. with um, like more tile sets and all that sort of stuff. I mean, if it were an ideal world, I, I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> it's which it's not, but if it were, um, they'd put Tokyo Mirage sessions mm-hmm. on there so that more people would play it. I I. I saw some people talking about, like, you know, hey, what Wii U game would you want to see on Switch if they did all that? And a lot of people talked about Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Is that where you thought I was going to go with it? Yeah. I all think right. that would be a fantastic idea. Like, I don't know if, like, you would add more stuff to that game. But, like, hey, that's a very good game that a lot of people probably didn't play because the Wii U f- tanked. Yeah. And, I mean, legitimately, and... I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to say it anyway. If they release the same dang game on the Switch, like everything's the exact same, I would buy it again just so I could play it on the go. Same. Yeah, 100%. I would play it. I would buy it again. I, and, you know, I think also, um, you know, the texting system would work really well on the Switch too. So I, I think they would um, just basically have to like kind of boot that to a separate menu since you don't have the dual screen portion. It would. But it's totally doable. Uh, another game I think would be good, Bayonetta 2. Oh, 100% Bayonetta 2. Um, I was actually thinking, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Cross. 
I yeah, I, I saw to. that. Like I saw like either that or a or just Xenoblade Chronicles. Well, that was on the Wii. But still. I mean, what better way to to salviate people's expectations for Xenoblade Two than like, hey, here's the first game. We touched it up a little bit. Maybe like you know some of the features from like the 3DS version are in there. There you go. I'd buy it again 100. percent I know you would. <laughs> one of the best RPGs I've ever played. Do you think? I know people get all up and antsy about Nintendo because they're capital G gamers. Oh my God, people hate Nintendo. Do you think? I'm... Do you think people would be upset though if like? This first year, there are quite a few different, like, Wii U games that are being ported up to Switch. Oh, 100%. Um, so, if they weren't porting them, then people are like, well, why aren't they doing this? This is a prime opportunity. But if they do port them, they're like, Nintendo doesn't have any ideas. They're trying to milk us for money. Like, people hate Nintendo no matter what they do. So, I mean, they can't win. Right, but they can win in the sense that they could give me these games and I'd pay for them, and then they'd have my money. And like, just look at the way you know Mario Kart sold in comparison to like, just 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 in comparison to like how that Wii U version was. Like, that thing sold like half a million copies in its first week, which is basically right. very telling that like, a a either a lot of people are rebuying that game, or b yo people did not buy the the Wii U. And I think and that I second one's, version. yeah, I think that second one is probably the more accurate of the two. So it would be smart knowing that, like, this has done much better than the Wii U mm-hmm. so far to put some of those games that they're like, oh, hey, maybe you want to play this. And especially, like, if it has sequels coming out or, like, related games coming out, it's super smart to do that. Yeah. Um, because if you have a, a game like Bayonetta 2 that... The first one was pretty successful. Um, the second one was not as successful because it was on the Wii U. Well, and, and they, they, didn't, it, they needed Nintendo to even make that game. Correct. Yeah, it would not have been made if it weren't for Nintendo. So, What if they announced Bayonetta 3 and, hey, Bayonetta 2 is coming out as well? Kind of like what they did with 1 and 2 on the Wait, Wii U. What they did with 1 and 2, yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I'd be man. all about that. <laughs> they should make Bayonetta 3. Well, I mean, we know that they haven't forgotten Bayonetta because they just oh, yeah. came out with the Amiibo. Well, that was just because she's in Smash. Right, but, like, there has to be a reason that they're releasing the Smash Amiibo this far after Smash has been released. Because the other Amiibo they've been releasing are for other games, like Mario Party and Legend of Zelda and things like that. They haven't been exclusively releasing Smash Amiibo in a while. Well, the the, the Smash ones were basically the the first ones they did. So, like, I guess if people wanted, like, the full collection of, like, hey... Every game, every character in this game gets an amiibo. Like they're probably just doing part of that is probably just like, hey, we're making good on that promise. Right. It's but just also it's suspect to me that they're like, hey, here's Cloud and Bayonetta and um, Robin. Which like, those aren't out yet. No, they're not out yet, and so that's part of why I'm like Smash suspect on Switch. Of, like Smash on Switch. That's what I'm thinking. It makes so much sense that that's what they're gonna do because yeah. I mean. Like I said, for one, I'm glad that they haven't forgotten Bayonetta exists. But two, to me, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense that they're like, hey, the Switch is out and there's no Smash for it, but we're going to release the Smash Amiibo when we know that the Wii U is pretty much dead. Right. It just doesn't make sense. So Yeah, yeah I completely agree with you. I mean, that's that's my 
guesstimation, but I, I think that you're probably right that there's going to be a Smash bundle like they did with uh, Mario Kart, and it's smart. Yeah, I'd get it. It would be kind of it, it would be kind of baffling if they didn't if they walked away from from E3 and like they didn't announce the Smash for for Wii U. Right. I know people it, are going to be mad just because like oh it's the same game, but like probably with all the DLC and all the characters, it's going to be like the Mario Kart 8 thing, like it's mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers Deluxe or something like that. Like people would be mad because like oh it's not a new game or something weird like that because they're weird but like that's such a layup it is that's a license to print money it is and especially with like them marketing the switch as more of like a portable party system like they're saying you can take it on the go you can undo these controllers and you can play multiple people and da 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 like it's a slam dunk and that's a game you could play with like just the joy cons on their side right oh a hundred percent so yeah there you go (laughs) Slam dunk. It's such a good idea to do, and it also would like buy them time to get out a different Smash. Like, I'm yeah. sure it's the same kind of deal with Mario Kart that it's buying them time to get a new Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, it's smart. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that like it makes everybody happy because a lot of people see it as like a cash grab or something like a that. A cash grab, yeah, exactly. Um, but with the Wii U doing as poorly as it did, it makes a lot of sense, especially because there were so many good games on the Wii U. There were, and people did not play them because they did not buy that system. Nope. Um, so it would be it'd be a a good idea on Nintendo's part. I don't know if they'll actually do it because Nintendo makes baffling decisions sometimes. Um, but it would be very very smart on their part. To bring some of those like popular games over to the Switch and be like, hey, if you didn't play it the first time around, time to play it now. Or if you did play it before, play it again, but on the go. And or even I guess even if they don't announce it at E3, like Nintendo basically does their own thing. Where like Nintendo hey, doesn't have to do E3 yeah, ever. They can have a direct like a month from now and be like, oh yeah, Switch or Smash is coming out. Yeah. There you go. So. It's not the end of the world to me if Nintendo doesn't announce like everything at E3 because I know that Nintendo doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm probably going to scream my head off if they just do like the entire thing of arms. <laughs> yeah, because like, last, last year was literally just Breath of the Wild and Pokemon, essentially. Yeah. That was their entire and- E3 like direct thing. So. And then I remember that I spent the rest of the day watching people play Breath of the Wild um, yeah, on the did. stream. I literally spent the rest of the day that they were streaming anything Breath of the Wild, just consuming that content. It was a mess, and I won't be able to do it this year. I'm really <laughs> sad. Uh, one last thing before we wrap this part up. Um, one last thing. Do you think they talk about anything handheld related? Ooh, that's a good question. Because they do have um, that new 2DS coming out. But they did just announce new Pokemon games outside of E3. They did. Uh, I think they're probably going to focus on the Switch. There might be like one or two throwaway like, oh, hey, this is coming out for the 3DS. Uh, I don't feel like they're going to do any kind of new handheld announcement. That wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. I well, feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. their focus is going to be the Switch. It, 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 it would be smart. It should be. Yeah. Like I, I think like I agree with what you said. Like maybe there's a few throwaway like, and here's these two games that are coming out for the 3ds, and it's a brief trailer, and then here's some more Switch games. Like that's the smart way to do that, especially because you know 
look, no matter what Nintendo says, the 3DS is dying. It's on life support, pretty much. And it's going to be that way for as long as Nintendo basically tries to think that the thing's still alive. Which is unfortunate, because the 3DS is a very good system, with a oh, very good catalog. A- but, you know, it's, it's time has come and gone. Like the- You know what I want to see? What do you want to see? I would love to see that, um, frick, now I'm blanking on the name because <laughs> I'm tired. Um, That's what usually happens. Radiant Historia um, remake on 3DS that they're doing in Japan. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't um, think that's going to get announced there, but. It might be like a throwaway, like on a press conference. Is that, who's that, who's making that? Is it uh, Atlas? It's Atlas. I, I Okay, that would probably just be like an announcement that comes like later in the week when you know the show floor opens i would assume yeah, like oh here's I mean, here it is at the atlas booth um that's pretty much like the one thing that i'm like i need this to be localized and i need to see an announcement at e3 because i want it so bad i love that game i can see that like i think like one of the things i want to see coming out of e3 like show forward related that's outside of the press conference i want to see an english danganronpa 3 trailer mm, which i could easily legit. see Oh, yeah. I mean, it's coming out in September, right? Yeah. So they should have that. So, like, yeah, that, that's one of the things. Like, I I don't think Atlas is going to show Shin Megami Tensei Five or yeah. anything like that. Like, there's not going to be a new Persona announcement because, A, they, that never happens despite everyone freaking out. And, like, that Persona is going to be, like, on Sony's press conference. Like, no. Well, oh, and also I feel like it would be such a bad mistake to announce it now because it'd be the same kind of deal of people just waiting. They're like, "Oh, it's announced and now we're waiting for another 6 years for it to come out." Like And just and just the way Atlas wait. Japan operates is that like they don't they don't announce things for the English for the the North American audiences first. It's it's Japanese first and it's that's Japanese it. It's 100%. Yeah. Um I, I agree with you on uh on Daganropa. That would be really nice. Um I'm all about this new wave of localizing uh, Otome games, so if anybody wants to... I, I'm assuming there's going to be some Otome announcements out there for you. I hope so. I really, really hope so. Um, and the I reason there, I brought yeah, up... Right I hope there's some cool like visual novel announcements, too. Like, hey, yeah. here's some cool visual novels coming out for the Vita. Oh, Hashtag yes, Vita please. never die. No, Vita... <laughs> I like my Vita. Vita's great. Vita is great. Um... Like Both I want this year's root letter. Wonderful. I would like that. I would really, really like that. Um, so I hope that handhelds don't get completely ignored, but I'm afraid that they will get a bit ignored. It's gonna happen, probably. It is. So, um, but really, that's all that I'm expecting or hoping for from the 3DS is the the remake. And like you said, I, I would really like to see Dangaropa. And that's just off the but top of our heads. The, but that's not the 3DS, so... <laughs> yeah. That's the Vita. That's the Vita. And PS4. Well, and PS4. I'm getting the PS4 because it came with the bonus thingy. Same. <laughs> so that's going to do it for this episode. It is. Where we talked about crowdfunding and E3 predictions. And we might be completely wrong, but... We're probably going to be completely wrong. <laughs> that's fine. I'm okay with being wrong. Next week, we will talk about how lo- how wrong we were. Because we're nice. going to talk about the the event, or mostly the press conferences, and yeah. do a bit of a recap of that, reactions, uh, talk about like games that they showed off, and you know, what, if they're cool or not, and how well we predicted things, and just you know, look at the outset of the rest of the year in terms of video games and stuff like that. 
which will be fun. I like doing recaps of E3. Yeah, it'll it'll be a lot of fun, and um, there might be some rage, and there might be some happiness. So we'll see. That's true. <laughs> For more information, you can check out SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.cool for past episodes like this one and other ones in the pipeline. Or you can check out the other podcasts on there or a bunch of reviews and columns and stuff like that. For more from Anladium, you can go to Anladium.com where you can find a bunch of her writings and links to these very episodes as well. Including the ukulele piece that I yes. talk about a little bit more of my feelings on ukulele in depth, um, which is relevant to this episode. A very good companion piece to this episode. Yay! Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Anime Checkup. It's a place I tweet. You can follow along with the really dumb video games cross anime manga tournament that's happening right now. I'm so glad I got a trigger warning today because <laughs> I I got a notification on there about Caesar, and I'm just like, <gasps> I love Caesar. You don't want to watch that one. I don't. I don't. I saw that you tweeted it, and I was like, nope. I'm putting this away. I'm going to go do work related things that ignore <laughs> that anything terrible ever happened to Caesar ever. I got your back. Thank you. So you can find the bracket for that on there and also all of the matches are being posted two times a day on twitter.com slash anime checkup. Which is good because the video it allows videos that are like longer than thirty seconds. Because a lot of those matches are longer than thirty seconds. It's uh, also a good place to talk to us about the episodes if you have opinions or uh if you, I don't know, if you have opinions, we'll put it that way. If you have opinions, you can talk to us on the Twitter because it's a good place to reach both of us and um, we're pretty responsive. That's very true and a good point. So, The best way to get a hold of both of us. Yep. Uh, especially with like, you know, E3 predictions and kickstart or crowdfunding uh, with, with both of those things being somewhat controversial uh, in terms of opinions. You know, and we may have gotten some things wrong. That that's just that's going to happen. That's totally that reasonable. Happens. Yeah. So, if you have Let's corrections go. for us, you can leave them there as well. So that's all I got. That's all you got. So yeah, that's next week we'll recap E3 and E3. talk about all that. So look forward to that next week, and you'll get to hear how wrong we were. <laughs> <laughs>